0: Our inner saboteur is part of us, but it is not us.
1: Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a show to help high performers improve their health and wellbeing. On this podcast, it is usually me asking the questions. But in this episode, the tables have turned. Now, I've been on a unique journey for the past year and I've really wanted to share it with you. At the end of 2022, I got in touch with Mara Ashford, the co-founder of Tapestry, a mental wellness coaching company. Now, many of you may have had experience with therapy in the past, but you might not be sure exactly what coaching is. So I decided to invite Marin on to Live Well Be Well and catch up with her live on my progress to date. Seven months on from our very first meeting, I have been on a heck of a journey and I've been wanting to check in with Marin so I thought I'd share the conversation live with you lovely lot. But just before we do, and just before the tables turn on to me, let's find out more about Marin, tapestry, and exactly what coaching is. There was a quote that I just want to start today's conversation with, which was, the answers aren't far away, but it changes everything when you can see them. And so I want to kind of start actually by opening it with how would you describe coaching to anyone who is listening to this? Because that's for me, in essence, really wraps up so much of my own journey. Mm.
0: It's such a powerful quote, isn't it? And it's from one of our workshop Mm -hmm. participants. And it's a lovely segue into what coaching is, because coaching is not advice. It's totally judgment-free, advice-free space for you And it's all about discovering your answers and only you have those answers. So I would never presume to have them. And they are so near. They're within all of us. But so much of the time, we don't think about this. We don't have the tools. We don't learn this stuff at school, at work, in society, uh, which makes it so important and vital, this work. But it's in a way, it's easy because once it starts flowing and once you tap into this
1: place inside yourself, it all comes. How I envisage health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, is that it's very intertwined. And actually looking at just executive business coaching could work for some people, but it made me, when I look at yours, look at it with a wider lens and actually realize that our personal lives, our business, they're all really intertwined. And a lot of it comes from, as you said, the voice within. Can you tell me a little bit about why Tapestry was born? Because it really does align, I think, with a huge societal problem that we all face day to day.
0: Yeah, and um, I think Rosie and I, we came from very, very different worlds. Rosie, the world of finance and me, the world of politics and government. But what we shared was both being classic overachievers, you know, so I was a, a student, Awarded scholarships, went to Oxford University studying biological sciences, and then went on to have a bunch of impressive jobs. But I was really pushing myself through life and was actually deeply unhappy, deeply uncomfortable. But I didn't even realize it. I was just going and going and going and pushing myself. So for me, I had a few glimpses of coaching through my career. And every time I had a bit of a coaching experience, it woke something up in me. It was completely transformational. And so something started growing, this kind of deep yearning to find out more about coaching and actually to become a coach. And Rosie and I actually met on a women's leadership retreat through the lens of coaching, and we discovered who we were, we discovered our values, we did some of this really deep inner work. And both of us came away and left our hurried careers behind. So Tapestry was born really from what we see as the greatest challenge humanity faces, that of disconnection. And in my time, both in politics, but also in the British government, I worked on so many different policy areas, policy challenges. And I always felt we were missing something really, really core, that increasingly we are disconnected from ourselves from each other and from our planet. And as a result, our mental health is suffering, our societal health is suffering, and our planetary health is suffering, and they're all connected. And the key to all of this is the self, is this inner connection. So that is very much our mission. And our vision is all about helping to create a more harmonious and compassionate humanity for the sake of the planet. So that's really what enables us to leap out of bed every morning and is the core to all of the work we do with our clients.
1: One of my seven pillars that I talk about a lot is human connection and it's something for me that I was insanely disconnected in my early 20s when I was a fashion model and then I was traveling around the world and I was playing a character and morphed into something that I thought was expected of me and it's quite interesting actually that even now you know 10 years on, we're still having, you know, more and more conversations around loneliness, around disconnection with, you know, our relationships, whether that's our family, our friends, our work, but ourselves as well. And I think we can think a lot outwardly around connection to people, but we very rarely think about inwardly. And I think that is what is so beautiful about coaching. But it's not just about that listening ear or somebody asking you questions you know, there's a lot of science and theory behind why this works. And I'd love if you could just give us a very small top line Mm. around the conversation that you've had with me on that, because I think that is something that's also quite interesting here on this perspective.
0: Yeah. And I think we're living in a really exciting time because so much of our kind of uh, wisdom from the ancient world and past centuries is coming together with what science is learning, particularly through advances in neuroscience and MRI technology. So we know that we have two modes of minds. We have our survive mode and we have our thrive mode. And our thrive mode is where all of our positive thoughts and emotions live. And this is where our sage lives. This is the language that we use for your kind of Uh, greatest self, your true essence, equally, our survive mode of mind is where our negative thoughts and negative emotions live. And this is where our inner saboteur lives, the language that we use, the kind of inner critical voice, that imposter syndrome, the kind of chimp mind, uh, our inner gremlin. The language doesn't matter, but we know now through science that this part of us exists, And it's the way we survive. It's what has enabled our species to survive generation after generation. And it's there to keep us safe, but it also wants to keep us small. So the bigger our ideas, the bigger our dreams, the louder that voice in our mind becomes. And it does us incredible damage. This is where our fear lives, our shame our jealousy, our perfectionism, our control. So all of these thoughts and emotions. Um, And most of us, I certainly was one of those people, are completely led by, were completely led by by our inner saboteur. I was completely lost in it. I had no idea there was even another part of me. And that was the push. Whereas our inner sage will pull us through life. Through these positive thoughts and emotions. And that's when you can achieve your greatest performance, not just success. You can achieve success through the push of the saboteur, but your greatest performance, your greatest impact, and your greatest sense of well being and your richest relationships. So, everything we do in Tapestry is very much about bringing together the best of the arts and the science. So, we use a lot of mindfulness. And visualization, creative artistic expression. If you're on a retreat with us, there will be yoga as well and kind of mindful movement. But we also bring in this kind of solid foundation of neuroscience and psychology. And ultimately, this is all about building new neural pathways, new default mind habits.
1: I love that you said that. Obviously, I'm quite obsessed with neuroscience as yeah. well. And it came up a lot in our, in our coaching sessions. But actually, when it's within our minds, we're actually less aware of it sometimes. And so that's, yeah, yes. that's just hearing that science. And the importance of that, I think, is really powerful.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and quite frankly, I thought that was me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought that voice, yeah. that was all I had.
0: That was all I was. That's all I ever mm-hmm. heard until I did this work. It completely woke me up to a completely different part of me, the part of me that is me, because our inner saboteur is part of us, but it is not us. And a a lovely analogy that Rosie and I often use is the kind of language of mental fitness. It's a bit like physical fitness. You know, we know that we need to go to the gym and walk and cycle and exercise to maintain, to build our physical fitness. And it's exactly the same with our mind. So building our mental fitness through, uh, through learning how to intercept our inner saboteur, to quieten that voice and to learn how to connect to our sage. And also to understand who we are, to gain that self-clarity, which is a big part of the work we did together, learning about your values, who you are and why you are, mm-hmm. what is your purpose Again, we we Mm. rarely learn this stuff as we grow up and even when we're grown-ups. And there's nothing more important, but yet we don't Mm. tend to do it. So, Sarah-Ann, we went on an incredibly powerful journey together earlier this year, and there were so many highlights and kind of moments that really stand out for me. But one in particular... Uh, had something to do with Katy Perry.
1: Could you tell us a little about that? Yes, we did have a moment with Katy Perry and I did have a big moment with Katy Perry in the back of a black cab too, singing at full power from my lungs, um, firework. But I remember there's a lot about coaching, which not surprise me, but the part that I enjoyed was actually fun. And it was actually bringing out that fun side of you, that childlike side of you, that sometimes I can think can get quite dampened down as we get older, a bit more serious. And this really kind of came out in this moment where you asked me to think about something that I really enjoy. And for me, it's dancing, it's freedom. And I think one of my biggest values was was freedom and feeling that I could dance around, let energy flow and also connect with the song Firework, which is around the 4th of July, but it's around kind of a lot of explosion, expression, you know, coloured lights, feeling very powerful is something that I think that a part of me really engages with. And I'm definitely an extrovert. I'm definitely someone who loves connection with others and being around others and feeling energy from other people. And it's interesting because I think many of the times throughout my life, Maybe those parts have been dampened down. And I think you really brought that to life for me um, and allowed me to feel much more expressive in myself. And it's something that we don't talk about very much. You know, we don't learn to express ourselves and let energies flow. And I'm not sure if anyone's listening to this, what that means for them. But for me, it meant Katy Perry firework. And so I decided to do that very loudly, as your homework told me at (laughs) one point before our next coaching, to play Katy Perry on full pelt, sing and dance to it and a lovely black cab driver in London got the full rendition of that in the back of his car. Where I also got him to sing along with me. And I have to say, I felt so electric when I came out of that. And I think sometimes like just having those moments that actually in essence is that kind of inner child in you is actually really powerful and it does spur on that creativity so thank you for allowing me to mm. discover my indicating <laughs> <Perry Lauren. laughs> very
0: welcome and I'm so curious Sarah and what brought you to coaching what brought you to my door
1: there's been part of me for the last few years that has kind of just been go 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 without actually taking a step back and thinking actually, what's the bigger picture here? But I do think I got to the end of last year and there was no part in my life, apart from therapy, which is, I think, very different to coaching. And I think that's really important to distinguish Mm. here, where actually it was more about holding space for myself in my life and my career going forward. And what does that look like? And actually, what is bringing me that inner happiness? And so I think there was a part at the end of last year, we all have these moments at the end of the year, whether it's in physical health and mental health, like how can we enhance our next year going forward? And I think for me, it was about giving myself some space and time to actually listen to those kind of inner feelings that felt quite strong and sometimes off balance. Sometimes there will be anxiety flaring, and I didn't quite know why. And for me, I thought it was a lack of knowledge around business or a lack of knowledge around running companies which now I realize actually is not the case and I think we all have that imposter syndrome and looking on your website when you spoke about mental fitness actually that resonated with me a lot I guess I'm very passionate around mental health Mm. and discovering more about my importance or values and how much am i honoring them many people might be listening to this and thinking yeah i am very clear on my values and very clear on what's important to me but then i would ask the question to them and say but do you think about them every day in the decisions that you make and i think for a long time i was making decisions because i thought they were the right ones to make as opposed to truly asking myself that question so I think that was kind of my big part on reaching out to you was I really wanted to make my next year very value driven. It's actually really beautiful. I mean, we haven't had kind of an eight month catch up, Mm. but it is amazing when you kind of look back on perspectives, because I think with anyone who is maybe a high achiever or has a a perfectionist side or, or kind of dumbs themselves down, kind of is quite hard on themselves, which we all are. Sometimes when we're doing that journey, we want it to happen instantaneously. We want it to happen there and then. But it's actually quite refreshing doing this eight months later and going, oh, this has happened or this has changed. Um, And I think that's quite powerful. Mm. Mm. So I know
0: for you, the values work was incredibly powerful. That was quite a pivotal moment. Mm. And actually, we needed an extra session, didn't we, on the values? Because there was just so much to discover. So I'm, I'm curious, what does that look like for you now, eight eight months on? Because discovering your values, and as you know, we do this in a very deep way. We go beyond words, right? We go to where does this value yeah. live in your body? What is the symbol, yeah. the name of this value that would make absolutely no sense to anyone else? One of my values is called caprese salad. i but but to Love me that. that absolutely captures the essence of my value of simplicity and you you went through the same process so what is it like now having this inner compass what what impact does
1: it have on you day to day i wanted to jump on in and take a moment to thank you for listening to the live well be well show It brings me so much joy to hear how stories on this podcast have helped you get the most out of life and it's my mission to help even more people do the same. To achieve this I need you to help me grow this show so please share the link with a friend or maybe even drop it into the group chat. There was lots of values. There was a lot around connection. There was a lot around love. And there was a lot around hugs. There was a lot around nature. There was a lot around honesty and kindness. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot around truth and authenticity, which I think is kind of one of my main my main values. Um, but trying to find where that lives in your body, is it's really interesting because you start connecting to yourself. And I think that's what's really powerful because a lot of the times... I think that we can feel that we know what we should say but actually feeling that feeling in our body can become quite numbing and actually then I think are we just filtering what we think we should say because we're, we're intelligent creatures and so if we feel that we should just say something because that's right, we fit into society quite easily, we fit into the work environment very easily. Whereas actually feeling that and connecting to that and seeing if it sits with you, is, I think is a completely different perspective and we're not taught about mm. that. Mm. And so I remember going through that session and thinking, do I feel that? Is that really important to me? Or is that something that I'm just saying because I feel like I've been trained to say it in the past from kind of societal pressure. And I think I'm looking at them now, I had nine. <laughs> and we were trying to get to three and they just kind of kept flowing. And it's, mm. it's interesting, I think now moving forward, from that session it's something that I've listened to myself try to understand where that balance of their values are because you can't every single day feel a thousand percent in that decision that you're making but you also want to feel that you're moving in the right direction and every decision that you're making is going to take you one step closer to the kind of that ultimate thought process that you have of how you would like your life to be and live and I think that's what's really powerful is that you made me look at an alternative way of I can live a certain way yeah. but it's the decisions that I make that are really important to get there and so I do have every day those values at the top of my mind of thinking is this important to me is this aligning with who I am which is something that I'm not sure I'd ever thought about um, although I'd had been doing things like starting a not-for-profit which is around giving back and doing a lot of community building and having you know engaging conversations like this in the show if you don't Actually think about it and take a moment. Then sometimes we are just living on the trajectory of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and we're never taking that moment to be and be present. So I guess this was for us was an hour and a half session. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to like get an in depth kind of look into this. But for anyone like walking away and thinking, okay, well she's talked about values for the last ten minutes and how she found her values. I want people on this show to be able to find that as mm-hmm. well. Or anyone who's engaging and watching this on YouTube, what is a first step that somebody can take to connect to their value and figure out that Mm. that that is their true essence? Mm.
0: So think of your values as your inner compass. This is who you are. And when you honor your values, you experience fulfillment. You lead an authentic life and it's completely unique for each of us. So in practical terms, um, you can do this. You can do it yourself. You can do it through journaling. So you'll remember when when we started the kind of, and we always work through different layers of discovery, but we started by throwing the net out really wide. And I asked you a bunch of seemingly quite random questions. So I asked you questions like, what makes you light up? What drives you mad? Who do you admire and why? What did your five-year-old self want to be when they grew up and why? What is your favorite place on earth and why? So just those few questions, you can start with that as your building block and just journal, just let the pen flow and just write what comes. And then you start to build a mosaic. So start to kind of pick out what are the words, phrases that are really resonating for me and really feel important. And then just start to group them into themes, which is what we did. We kind of had buckets and then we started going deeper. But even if you just get to that stage, you know, if you get to, and, and what we often do, particularly when we're working with groups, is to discover your four most important values. Now, on a one to one basis, it's free flow. We do what we want. In your case, there were nine and we just, we just kind of went with what felt right for you, right? But finding your four and really getting to those words. So even getting as far as, beauty, simplicity, love, uh, humility, and getting to that point. Um, And then obviously you can go to a deeper place, but that, you know, is perhaps a little more challenging to do on your own because we did it through a lot of visualization and embodiment. We were in the park, we were moving, we were closing our eyes, Um, but that's a great way to start. And you can just do that yourself, just spend 10 minutes answering those questions and see what comes.
1: I would say actually if anyone's about to do that exercise um pause it write down those questions but then go for a walk and that was something that was really engaging is moving the body I really believe in moving that energy around the body um but it's also getting out of just sitting down and looking at a screen or sitting down and feeling like you're forcing something out it's actually allowing yourself to relax into that and getting into nature and just connecting with other senses Yeah.
0: And I always encourage people, if it feels right, to do a session standing, walking, even if it's raining outside, but you're just walking around in your space. It makes a
1: difference because you can just access different parts of yourself and things just flow, don't they? Well, that reminds me of when you made me stand opposite my saboteur in the park next to the pond. And I was having to, and I honestly believe think so many people must have thought, what is that woman doing? But I just remember standing opposite what I was calling my saboteur and having to move around it and and face them head on. And it's basically a bit of role play going on. But it was actually really freeing for myself to kind of look, as you said in the beginning of our conversation, it is a part of us. We all have these inner critics, but actually facing them head on is quite an interesting moment that I went through with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so important with intercepting your saboteur first, you need to really get to know it in a very detailed, tangible, quite visceral way. So yeah, we often do that through having a dialogue and start by letting your saboteur standing opposite you, let it say, let it rip, let it say it's worst to you. It's usual Mm. script, give it its airtime and then shift. So you may remember you kind of moved and then you played the role of the observer. So you watched, you observed this exchange between you and your saboteur. What would a witness, what would an observer in the street, in the park, think of this? If someone was saying this out loud to you, they'd probably get involved and be quite shocked. <laughs> but this is what we have inside our minds every day. And then to come back around and face it, and respond, you know, from a place of real kind of strength and, and, and kind of centeredness. How do you want to respond to your saboteur? Um, it's so important that we get, it's hard, right? That was, I can imagine that's a challenging session, right? It's, um, it's, yeah. it's pretty raw, but it's so important because once you know it, and we named yours, we know what it sounds Last like. We well, it looks like, where it lives in you.
1: And then you can spot it. And then you
0: learn how to dial it down.
1: I think that's what's really important. I think many of us um, don't talk about our inner critic or how powerful it is or how often it comes in on a daily basis. I don't know if there's any science around that, like how often does it come in on a daily basis? But for me, I put I mine trembling anxiety. That was the name. And I think a lot of that came up around my dyslexia and around not feeling good enough and not feeling intelligent enough and that's definitely a big part of my imposter syndrome that I've had to day to day actually bringing in a lot more of that self compassion which you call sage um and actually and I which I, which I called honor mm-hmm. and honor that feeling mm-hmm. of actually no don't judge yourself you are your harshest judge or your harshest critic now that's just my experience and that's something that I've had to work on in the last eight months. Um, but that's not how everyone would see me, but that's how I would see myself. Um, and I'm sure there's many people that might see that and might see my typos on Instagram or whatever that is, or me kind of making up some random words. But in an essence, that's also so much part of who we are. And we all have, I think, part imposter syndrome within us. Maybe there's some women out there that have higher imposter syndrome around even not their work, around being a mother or being a good friend. And maybe it's similar for a man around being a father or relationships or not feeling good enough. I think these moments of inner critics can sage quite heavily. But actually, we very rarely voice them um, because it can really elect a lot of shame. And I think that's a big part around the journey that I had with you, is actually not allowing shame to take center stage at this, um, which I think is really, really powerful.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: I absolutely
0: agree. And and I think for so many of us, we do wear a mask and we don't mean to. It's just our way of coping and kind of surviving and getting through the day. But the power of vulnerability is so incredible and it, it's really amazing when Rosie and I work with teams and particularly doing the mental fitness work that they develop mm-hmm. this new language and lexicon. Rosie and I use this on a day to day basis. My saboteur has been really triggered, you know, uh, around mm-hmm. this particular scenario. I really need to connect to my stage right now. What can you do? What can you do to connect to that? And we support each other in that way. But, but having that language, a language that we don't grow up with, is transformative and if we could all Mm. use it more and and kind of embrace that vulnerability society would be a much more loving place but it's
1: hard there's still that stigma right a hundred percent I think it's not even just a more loving place I think we would we achieve so much more I feel like I've achieved more in eight months than I've achieved in the last few years personally um because I've actually believed in myself I'm sure everyone has an inner fear in them right now anyone listening to this has a fear inside of them and we don't want to face it but you know for me I was you know I want to write a book and that's something that's really important to me trying to sit down and think about writing a book with the fears that I had just didn't feel achievable um, and since then you know I've come on a lot in that area. And I think that's something that actually you're kind of gripping something by the horns and saying, I'm not going to let my inner saboteur hold me back. And I don't know what that means to anyone else listening, but there will be something within you that's stopping you progressing and it will be your own, your own critic, your own saboteur.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this work so exciting because just imagine if we could all set aside that inner critical voice And really achieve everything that is within us. And everyone has such incredible potential. We all have our individual gifts and strengths. So, Sarah
1: Ann, I'd love to ask you if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? This is where one of my values came in. I remember sitting writing this for your newsletter after I did our coaching journey. And I thought, well, what is it if I couldn't fail? And I do think I'm a Uh, at heart I'm a bit of a risk taker and I think this kind of actually came up around a much deeper conversation and this is where the honesty came out and the authenticity and I nearly didn't send this to you I thought I'm going to delete this I'm not going to send it and then I thought no no I'm going to send it because (laughs) this is me being authentic and if this connects with somebody else preferably a woman then um and actually a conversation should start. And I said, I would probably think about having kids later in my life. Now I've just turned 34 this week. I've done a lot of podcasts on fertility and a lot of podcasts on the importance of the biological clock. Um, and obviously, infertility is rising drastically, especially in men as well, not just women. So this is an overarching conversation for both men and women. But it's interesting because I wrote that it's always a thought of failure in a woman's life if left too late. And there was that failure connection which kind of came out from my inner saboteur of, well, if I don't achieve X, then I'm a failure in this. Um, But it's very hard because we have this kind of societal pressure for women at the same time. And so I think if I knew I couldn't fail, that is something where I would not have that at the forefront of my mind as I'm coming into my mid thirties, it will be something that actually I feel very free in, which mm-hmm. is something that is very important to me. And so I think it's it's a kind of a heavy take on that question, but I think there's most things in, in work that I would probably do um, because I'm more of a risk taker. But when it comes to kind of outside that, I was thinking, well, what is it? If I couldn't fail in anything, and that would be it. And I think it's, a, it's, an, interesting, um, it's an interesting one to bring up. Mm, thank you for being so open about
0: that. So Sarah-Ann, what's changed in you since doing this work?
1: With embracing more of self-compassion, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think it's allowed me to try and flourish in the areas that I felt quite fearful of. Now that doesn't mean that I've not had moments of trembling anxiety come up constantly throughout this. And there was a meeting I had last week with one of our goals that we set and it was received in a very, in a very positive way, which really excited me. And it made me feel actually that the more compassionate I am with myself, the more I can drive that powerhouse that we all have inside of us. And so, for me, I've actually managed to set myself goals and achieve them um, because I have my own inner strength to do so. Whereas before, I would maybe put it off or procrastinate quite heavily in an area because I was so fearful of failing. Um, But actually, one of our conversations that we had is that failure is growth. Mm -hmm. And if you learn from failure, actually, you can grow so much more out of it. And I think. I think what has happened is there's been more confidence in areas where I felt um, maybe not good enough or maybe um, not confident enough in. And we all have those areas. I don't think we would be human if we didn't, but it's around not fearing that. And I think that's something that I have definitely learned a lot in the last six months is actually to be excited by that fear and not scared of that fear. But Mm -hmm. another part of it has also been, taking a bit more time for myself because I think that's something that I didn't do and it started with our conversations of having kind of two hours on your own I mean it feels like such a like a privilege to say that I even managed to have that but it's a huge thing just spending time on your own um in your thoughts um and sharing that with someone else so I'd say anyone who's listening just take some time for yourself even if it's not in a coaching session taking that time is really important people might be hearing this and going, oh, everything's sorted. Everything's figured out. It's really not. It is a daily constant reminder for myself. But I think I never had that daily constant reminder pre-Christmas. I think I just had this kind of inner feeling that I needed to kind of connect more with my decisions and more things that felt truly aligned to me as opposed to truly aligned to others or what society thought and I think that's something that's quite powerful and that comes through a lot of different work and it's not something that happens instantaneously and it's something that every day I wake up and I have to remind myself of and post that I also did another course with you your mental fitness course which is also really empowering after doing a one-to-one which was done in a group and you spoke a lot around PQ reps, and that's kind of how many people listen to this might interpret mindfulness of taking, you know, whether it's two minutes or 10 minutes um, of their time in their day to actually stop and feel a little bit more connected to themselves, their thoughts and their feelings. I find it personally, very hard to just sit down and close my eyes and feel present. It's something that I've realized that actually that doesn't resonate with me, but for me going out and walking and not taking a phone or anything and actually just feeling that I can hear the bird song or connecting to nature becomes much more of a, a present moment. And so you overarch that with a really interesting term called PQ reps. And so I'm just thinking to kind of like round up today's conversation, which has kind of touched upon like our sage, which is our self-compassion, our saboteur, which is our inner critic, which we all have, and, flares up from so many different moments of our lives to you know, what our values are and how we can live our lives to values and how we can create that through journaling and tools. Actually, something that's really interesting is when we are in that saboteur moment, how can we switch into our sage moment and more of our self-compassion and more of truly who we are as champions of oneself. Can you talk a little bit around how mindfulness interacts there and what the term PQ rep is?
0: Yeah, of course. So PQ Reps, this comes from uh, an amazing uh, inspiration for Rosie and I, a guy called Shazad Shamin. He's a Stanford lecturer and a former Silicon Valley entrepreneur. And he published a book called Positive Intelligence, hence PQ instead of IQ. And we trained with him. So one of the experiences we offer, Tapestry, is a six week intensive mental fitness course. So this is very much Shazad Shamin's terminology. What I love about it is he brings mindfulness to us in a very, very digestible way. So you can do, Mm. you don't need to be sitting in a candlelit room, cross-legged in the lotus position for an hour doing mindfulness. Just 10 seconds of mindfulness will help shift your brain. So this is very much, think of it as, you know, almost kind of two tracks in our brain. One that often is our default that goes to our saboteur mind, our survival mode of mind, and the other that goes to our sage. And so often our saboteur track is the one that is the most well-trodden. That is our default. The way to extract yourself and take a step back from that negative mind chatter is to quite simply get present. And that allows us to shift our mind into another place. By being present, it allows us to notice that first of all, we're actually lost in our saboteur and to realize and to take a step back and choose to go somewhere else. So that is very much the kind of mechanism to go from one place to the other. And it can be anything. So as, as, as you learned, it, it can be the breath, but your anchor can be sound. It can be touch. It can be uh, putting your hand on your chest and noticing the gentle rise and fall of your chest as you breathe, simply for 10 seconds. Before our podcast interview now, that's what I was doing. I was I was doing my PQ reps. I was in the park. I have a favorite tree in my park and I placed my hand on the tree and just connected with it and really got present with that tree. And so do it in a way that works for you. 10 seconds of being absolutely focused on a sensation, whether that's touch, it could be this, it could be your breath, it could be sound, it could be anything. See what works for you. You can do it in the middle of a meeting. Uh, You can do it when you're brushing your teeth. But that will shift your mind to a place of sage that will allow you to escape that negative mind chatter. And it's building a muscle. So the more you do it, the
1: easier it will become to shift. And I think that's the power, isn't it? And I think for anyone listening, there's going to be really traumatic moments, traumatic situations, which, you know, it's not easy to do. But I think knowing that there's this tool that you can access on a daily basis, which is, you know, it's free. And it's hard because if you're not used to doing something, it's a new way of thinking. It's a new mode of transport for your brain. But actually knowing that we do all have this within us. Um, and I think that's quite powerful. And again, it's about this kind of small consistency routine that we can put into our daily habits that can actually have a bigger outcome. Eight months down the line, like you and I have had. And that's why I'm just so happy that we have done this today. And I'm so grateful for you one for coming into my life two with rosanna as well who's been a huge inspiration with all the tools that you've given me but also the connection of accepting ourselves and i think that's a big word that i kind of come to the end of this conversation with is there is so much acceptance like of course there's lots of things that have come up for me that create shame and elicit worry and ignite fear but there's also a lot of compassion that comes through that as well and i think. That is really important through all of this is that we all learn to actually sit with acceptance with one another and ourselves because then that becomes such a powerful vehicle for success. So I'm very thankful, Mara, for you helping me to do that and for, you know, even bringing, I feel like this whole season has become more alive um, from the decisions I made from January um, from having you there. So thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today with our listeners. Thank you. I'm feeling full of gratitude right now. one last thing, I've created something just for you. It's a 30-day online course to give your wellbeing journey that extra boost and it's totally free. Go to sarahannmacklin.com to download it now. There's a link in the description and I'll see you on the next episode.